0: Stay connected.
1: Sign up for our newsletter.
0: Go beyond your favorite Voice America shows. Visit iradioblog.com.
1: The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com.
0: Listen to The Stars of PR with Cindy R. Every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel.
2: Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
0: And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, (laughs) you may be, you may think you're sick of hearing about this, but I promise you today's show will not be like anything you've heard. In the mainstream media, we're going to be talking about a flashpoint, the flashpoint, I guess one of the biggest flashpoints going on today in America, the Trayvon Martin death. And it is triggering, get that triggering, (laughs) emotional chaos. Um, Why are so many people outraged about Trayvon? That's the big question. Is it really race? Is it gun control? Is it injustice? Is it people clamoring for their fifteen minutes of fame, or are we just at the boiling point fed up with the economy, politics, nuclear weapons, and we 're ready to explode about pretty much anything that uh, triggers us in the news so today 's show um, may well be explosive. I have a feel I know that I have some uh, ex- views that have not been expressed in the mainstream media, and I would guess that my guest. Malcolm Out Loud does, too. He's a news and political commentator. He's an author, and he has a TV show on uh, the Internet, and we will give you all that information before the end of the show. So, welcome to the show, Malcolm.
1: Thank you, Dr. Carroll. Terrific to be with you.
0: Um, why don't we, let's just start with, you say that it's not about race. What do you think is going on?
1: Well, it's definitely about publicity, uh, one. It's about bad judgment, uh, first off, and then it's absolutely about publicity. What you just said in the setup is, is somewhat true. Um, you always find these cases can be very polarizing, especially when the country has had enough. Uh, it just seems that you have to question, you know, we have people on the streets of America that are killed unnecessarily every hour of every mm-hmm. day, Dr. Carroll. Why this particular case? Yes. Uh, what happened? And it was weeks and weeks. It was not too far from a month, at least about three weeks, before we even heard about the case. And it really started to light up. And, of course, now you've had the Al Shopkins and the Jesse Jacksons and all the usual characters, if you will, uh, chiming in. But what really was surprising is that the President of the United States chimed in. And I had not seen that one before. On a singular (laughs) murder case of this uh, this sort. You you follow me?
0: Yes, absolutely. You know, I think that was so incredibly inappropriate. I mean, I'm not a fan of Obama as it is for many reasons, um, such as... You and many others. Such as Obamacare and so on that I've already talked about on this show. Um, but, you know, that, as a psychiatrist, that was such an interesting um, although misguided statement that if if he would have had a son he would have looked like Trayvon well you know it just showed that this was this was sort of a, an unguarded moment when he let his emotions come out with that and uh, because one would hope, even with all the problems that I have with him, one would hope that if he thought about it a little more, he would have realized that that was inappropriate, that it was too personal, that it was it showed that his reaction to this uh, shooting was from a purely personal level rather than being able to look at this objectively as one would hope the president would be able to do.
1: Well, the, the president should have just stayed out of it, period. He well, had no right. business put... He had no business putting his two cents in. He really, I, I don't really get it. You think the man has enough on his plate? Yes. Uh, in tr- you really though, in trying to, you know, um, uh, win his seat back for another four years so he can keep America miserable. Um, yes, uh, I, I would think this was a case he should have stayed out of. No question about it. Now he can go back to threatening the Supreme Court, which he's done very well in the last twenty-four hours on Obamacare. But that's another story for another day. Yes, yes,
0: yes. <laughs> I know. I read Obama about that. Well, okay, so let's talk about, Let's right. you know, let's look at this um, Trayvon Martin case. You know, one of the things that um, I'm very curious about, well, first of all, one of the hats that I wear is as a forensic psychiatrist and expert witness. And so if I were involved in this case in that capacity, um, one of the things that I would want to know would be what is the... What did the toxicology reports show, if there were any such reports, um, regarding Trayvon Martin? You know, he was, at the time, he was out of school. The reason why he was there in the first place was because he was out of school, he was suspended for 10 days, because they found that he had uh, a plastic bag with remnants of marijuana in it, and this was the third time um, he had been in trouble and at school, and... um, and so, it would really make a lot of sense if he, I mean, it could explain, um, again, if we were, if one were to believe, which I tend to, uh, I listened to the 911 call of that George Zimmerman made, which is very interesting, and I think really does um, support a lot of the things that he has been saying, or really he hasn't been talking, but the people on his behalf, and the police, Um that uh he was talking in the call, he calls up nine one one, Zimmerman does, and he talks about this young man, um uh who is acting strange and he even (laughs) says in the nine one one call that it looks like he's on drugs. Now then of course there's the the struggle and of course there are two different views, at least (laughs) at least two on who was on top of whom and how that struggle ensued, but um, but you know the fact that uh, what might have prompted Trayvon to become aggressive, it would it, it, drugs would explain would would be a contributory factor in any case. If it was in fact uh, Trayvon who became aggressive, I mean apparently Zimmerman said that when uh, yes he was following him, but then he walked back to his uh, car and. Um, And then Trayvon came after him and asked him, you know, were you following me, and kind of with a tough guy attitude. Trayvon, by the way, one of the most interesting things is that in all the pictures that there are of Trayvon, you see his head, or you see his upper torso. You purposely, the media is so biased with this, you purposely do not see him. I think there was maybe one picture. Otherwise, all the pictures, you see him, you just see part of him. He, in fact, is, some reports say six feet, some reports say six three, and Zimmerman is five nine. Now, Zimmerman was a little fatter, but Um, he's 5'9", so Trayvon would tower over him, and it doesn't matter, you know, he's 17, Trayvon Martin was, and George Zimmerman was 28. Um, he was a bit hefty, you know, a bit out of shape, but, uh, Zimmerman, but, so it certainly is not beyond, I mean, this impression, oh, well, he was a 17-year-old, a little guy, um, being pounced upon. Well, you bring up a
1: good point, Dr. Carroll, and when you look at the photographs, you're exactly right, you wouldn't pick that up you would see that uh, Trayvon looks like a um, a small guy, uh, petite, if you will, almost, from the photographs, because you're just seeing those headshots, and Zimmerman right. looks pretty husky. So, uh, And I did hear some of the radio folks uh, saying back to me uh, that how could uh, Trayvon tackle Zimmerman. We really don't know what happened. There were only two people there at the time, and one of them is dead, yeah?
0: <laughs> yes, and of course that's... Unfortunate in a lot of different ways um well let's i know i sort of rambled on because this this size thing the photo thing the media bias is just really bothering me but what about the going back to where i started about the drugs um do you have you heard anything more about that whether in fact well, they
1: it, it, you know, we, we all – listen, I don't have to tell you anything about this. We all make sometimes judgment. I keep, I keep bringing up judgment. We've all been guilty of making a bad decision here and there in our life, huh? huh. Yeah. And if that's yeah, and, and if that's the case, and that's a fact, okay, it, it's so easy to incriminate one in the public court of opinion when it comes to something you've done in the past. So clearly – and you can look at both sides of this, Dr. Carroll – You can look at George Zimmerman, and you can talk about the fact that, you know, he was a bit of a problem himself. Yeah. Okay. Uh, He's a a guy who wanted to be a police officer, but didn't make the cut. A lot of these security guys are exactly that. They want to be police officers. And and I'm not going to be a funny guy here, but I have to tell you, it's a fine line between those who protect the law and those that break the law.
0: Absolutely.
1: that's a whole other show, and you, you know what I'm
0: talking about. So. Well, yes, uh, in fact, I've talked about that before. Yes, absolutely, because a lot of these people come from uh, violent homes and so on. I don't know that George right. Zimmerman did necessarily, but we do need to take a break. That's what the music is telling us. We will be back. <laughs> My guest is Malcolm Outloud. We're talking about the Trayvon Martin case. Uh, it's a flashpoint for all kinds of emotions, emotional chaos, which, <laughs> like what you're hearing. And you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and we'll be right back.
2: Stay at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili. Radio to Thrive By Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines Having trouble relaxing?
0: And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today about the flashpoint, Trayvon Martin, death triggers emotional chaos. Um, You know, of course, the truth hasn't come out. Obviously, my guest Malcolm Out Loud and myself are only, we're we're mainly talking about some of the chaos. You know, obviously, we, we weren't there. Um, but, there are some things that, and so we don 't you know know a hundred percent what happened yet but there, I think what 's what 's been most disturbing to me is just how every and and you too i mean you 're talking Malcolm, about how everyone 's jumping on the bandwagon in regard to getting p r their fifteen minutes of fame, and I agree with that totally, including you you talk about um uh, including trayvon 's parents i mean for grieving parents, they certainly seem to be. Capitalizing on this media bandwagon, yeah,
1: I've never seen anything quite like it, Dr. Carroll. I, I mean, it, does everybody understand that the parents went ahead and secured federal registered trademarks yes. on their dead son?
0: Yes. Yes. I, I mean, that's the first thing you think of when your son dies, right?
1: I, I don't get it. I mean, I don't understand that, but but okay, if that keeps them, maybe that gives them uh, uh, some peace of some sort, I'm not sure. Listen, selling T-shirts and hoodies and and caps and, and, and buckets and pins and, and God knows what else, it has completely become a circus. But listen, if you've listened to some of the speeches that Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton have made, again, in, talk about inciting racial violence, yeah. uh, Al Sharpton makes, makes the statement that he's one of us. Yeah. And 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 you listen to Jesse Jackson's talk and riling up the crowd. This is the problem, and these are the same characters that come around anytime they need two minutes in the spotlight. That's what Trayvon Martin is really about. This case, I don't think it's about race, although the media has tried to paint him as a white Hispanic Zimmerman, um, which really blows your mind. I don't think it's about race. I don't think it's about the murder either. I think this thing is clearly a runaway train because it has got into the publicity, mainstream uh, media conversation, and everybody wants to chime in. You know, Dr. Carroll, I typically avoid, uh, I'll be honest with you, murder cases. You know, I'm a news and political commentator. I speak about everything that impacts our country, and sometimes that happens to be a case like this. But it's something I actually didn't jump on this until most of, my radio outlets and stuff kept asking us to jump into this and please look at the facts. And so it did not, it did, it simply did not interest me up front. I'll be honest with you. A single murder case out of Sanford, Florida, um, and looking at this particular case. And I didn't see any race involved. Okay, it's a Hispanic shooting African-American. I'm telling you, whether it's an African-American killing an African-American, an Asian killing a white or Mm -hmm. a white guy, you know, it doesn't take a special gender or or ethnic background to be an idiot and have bad judgment. I think they all do a pretty good job of it. Mm -hmm,
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: You know, so I don't think it takes a special breed to do that. I really do. So just the fact that they've made this into race is despicable at this point of the conversation in america and again it's one more thing that polarizes our country it's one more thing that uh... we can distract from the real issues mm-hmm. and it just pulls people aside for what i do not understand the gain other than publicity and i think it really it's these publicity horrors is what i call them that's exactly the way i see it
0: well yes and you know of course uh... i mean if trayvon had been white um, this story probably would have died, you know. I mean, it's true that there's no case. There's no, I, there's
1: nothing to talk about. Right. So we got to you make know, it I into was something. Reading about understand? how
0: they had hired, I think it was um, it was uh Trayvon Martin's parents' lawyer, the lawyer that they got hired a PR firm. Um, and he tried to bring this story out into the media and at first they weren't even interested. And That's then right. somehow it got legs and of course now it's totally blown up. But, um, but there wouldn't have been a story if, you know, if they, they couldn't have gotten the race issue involved.
1: Well, then there was no story there. I mean, clearly you've got to make this into something. You see, if you're going to get all the characters out and you're going to talk about this in such a way that we've been discussing it now, the point is a young man was murdered. Um, it's sad, it stinks, it happens. You always shake your head as to why. It's not a new event on the streets of America again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and what can we do? We we have to learn by these things. But where does race play into it? Um, I, I don't really understand. Well, you Maybe know race played ha- have into you it.
0: listened to the 911 tape? Yes. Okay, so remember when, at the beginning, the 911 operator asked Zimmerman um, what race the the bo- the boy who he's talking about, who he said he saw right. and he was acting strange and lurking around. He didn't use the word lurking, but I'm paraphrasing. Um And at first, Zimmerman wasn't even sure of his race, presumably because it was dark and because he was wearing a hoodie. And and that's so what I got out of, out of it as well. What?
1: That's what I got out of it as well. Yes. He did so not know. So where did race come into it at that point? Exactly. I mean, did, did,
0: so he didn't be did, when he picked up the phone to call nine one one, he didn't know what race. Exactly. Was. Yet,
1: that has not come out, Dr. Carroll. You don't hear that, you understand? Right. You hear the fact that this white Hispanic was tracking a, a black African American.
0: Right, right. He was stalking him. Absolutely. Exactly. And then that's another thing that was kind of striking from that call. And I, and I encourage all of you people to to listen to. I mean, if you can find it easily on the internet. Don't do it now; we're talking. <laughs> but when this is over, find the nine one one call and and decide for yourself what you think is going on. But one of the things that was also disturbing was that the nine one one operator said um, that the police were going to be coming, and they, she was trying. He was trying to figure out. How the police could get in touch with Zimmerman, and it seemed as though you know the, the operator wasn't taking this as any urgency with any urgency, and and it right. seemed like these cops were going to be coming from from a distance because um, he was trying to arrange where Zimmerman would be, like as if he was going to be somewhere you know far away from where he's calling from now. Um, I mean, there was no re- not that okay, not that it was appropriate. For Zimmerman to have followed him if he was, it wasn't race, but it, but even if he was a
1: little too well, aggressive. Zimmerman was, uh, but, Dr. Hill, the reason that happened, Zimmerman is a hyped-up security officer, right. you understand? Right. The, 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 I mean, the, this is a security officer who's carrying around a gun. Right. Uh, I mean, security people don't simply carry around guns, do they?
0: Well, they don't have to, but he had a—he was—it he, was legal. He had of a it permit was. for that gun.
1: Of course it was, but that's—but it's not legal to go shoot somebody for no reason.
0: Right. And of course, it's the whole issue of the stand your ground law and whether the, you know, that's gonna, that's coming into play as to. And
1: half of the states, by the way, in our country have a very similar law to stand your ground. It's it's about split, you know. I think it's 25, 26 states have that law to some degree. Self-defense, basically. Uh, and, and that's what we're speaking about. But again, the self-defense factor, as you say, if drugs played a part in Trayvon Martin, uh, uh somehow uh, uh threatened Zimmerman and that's hard to fathom, isn't it
0: well no, i mean because i mean not according to some of the um words i mean apparently he it's hard to fathom why would it be hard to fathom
1: well why would i mean we don't see we don't there was an altercation somewhere we don't know what the altercation was initially between Zimmerman. And Trayvon Martin, we don't really know.
0: Well, I uh, think I think they were both, um, you know, suspicious of each other. Uh, Zimmerman was, you know, here he was the captain of his neighborhood watch, and yes, a bit zealous. And um and then Martin, apparently, he, I mean, yeah, Trayvon, he was apparently telling his girlfriend, um, "Some guy is following me."
1: So I think that there was kind of an escalation until proven guilty in this country. What was you're still innocent until proven guilty in this country, and I'll say this both ways, Dr. Carroll. Uh, the young man, Trayvon Martin, was innocent uh, uh, until proven guilty, meaning that, you know, it's not legal to walk through a neighborhood. Unless he pounced on the guy's head or physically harmed him to hurt him, would give him the right to do something back to stand his ground.
0: Right. We don't
1: really know it, and that's where the dispute is. Who jumped to? What happened? Who was on the ground wrestling who? And there's a lot right. of facts on that particular point. Right,
0: right but um but you know the the thing i mean zimmerman supposedly has said that um it was raining i mean it was raining we know he didn't <laughs> we know it was raining that night it was dark um it and and um there was a guy um who whose race he did not know um sort of looking around at the various houses and there had been a history of of burglaries and thefts right. in that neighborhood so he was you know, you could. Uh, it was reasonable for him to be concerned that maybe there was someone casing the joint, looking at the different houses and seeing which one he was going to um, burglarize. So you could see it being reasonable from him point his point of view. You can also see Trayvon getting uh, a little concerned, who's thinking that somebody was following him and getting a little uh, concerned exactly. about that. Exactly. But I think it does what if you kind were walking
1: in- through the neighborhood and you had a kerchief on.
0: It and was, you, it you was.
1: Could, what if you were walking through the neighborhood and you mm-hmm. had a kerchief on, and and you really couldn't um, uh, make out what your background was either, and somebody started following you or trying to chase you or something else? What what how would you feel? Would you run? Would you look suspicious? Would you would you go after the person and duck them?
0: Well, I would probably if I had my cell phone handy, I would probably call 911 or I'd knock on I'd go up to a house and knock on a door and or and scream. Um, but and apparently, you know, and then then there's all this controversy over who screamed help and and but what's you see some of the things that are really I mean you you can if you look at all the details and we don't have all the details, but if you look at as the details are coming out, um, you can see so much bias. Because there were people there have been at least two different people who, witnesses who said that they saw a man in a red sweater or a red top on the ground, which would have been Zimmerman, which would mean that Trayvon was on top of him, and um one of them, apparently his mother has now ch- t- said that the police distorted his what he said and and that you know they're not telling the truth, this isn't what he said he didn't i mean. You know, which apparently the kid, I mean, he wouldn't have, I think he was right in the first place. Um, but the mother obviously didn't want to be on that side of the argument. And um, there's so much of this changing things around. Also, the video, for example, that came out and had people jumping up and down saying, you can't see that um, Zimmerman's head had any any bruise on it at all or any blood on his face if his nose was supposed to be broken and so on. Right. And then, right. of course, when they, when they looked at it more closely, the, the video does show that.
1: Well, obviously, there was some sort of a scuffle. I mean, and, and it, it's safe to say that that was the case, although many of the shots when you've seen him in, in the um, uh, police station afterward indicate that uh, it wasn't as bad as what the media thought it might be. Um but again it's
0: um but he was treated you know before some of those shots he was treated and and you wouldn't necessarily see um, a broken nose unless it was like you know totally uh i mean it could still be broken without and they cleaned up the blood.
1: But, you know, I've said from the beginning, this particular murder case should be tried in, in a uh, court of law. That's where it should yes. be tried, yes. not, not a court of public opinion. Yes, And Zimmerman should have his date in court. A jury should hear this case. They should look at all the evidence,
2: and they will, and, they
1: will, and there, there's a lot of tests they're running yet. Uh, and th- there's a lot that we don't know, and we're not going to know because yes. it's private to the case but this case should have its day and again sh- you know shame 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 on people again like the Al Shoptons and the Jesse Jackson and the folks in the media that have exploited it and the president and all have made this into i believe a three-ring circus all about this young man who's who's uh, uh, completely his image i mean listen this <laughs> shot not to take anything away from anybody, that's uh, 17 years old. But you know, he, he certainly is popular in death more than he probably would have ever mm-hmm. been in life, huh?
0: Yes. Um, yeah. Th- then there's also this. These, I don't know if you've looked into it, but there's this. These questions of uh, people looked into Facebook and and social media, and right. um, some pictures, photos popped up. And there was a whole controversy over which one is the, re- well, the real Trayvon Martin please stand up? Which one is, is, is the one who we're talking about in Florida and which one, apparently there's somebody else named Trayvon Martin. And, and
1: there, there's some similar lookalikes and there was questions on that. See, I, just a side note, that's the one good thing, uh, Dr. Carol, about being Malcolm out loud. There is no other.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I well, them there the well, there are
0: other Carol Ebermans, not Dr. Carol Ebermans, but none of the other Carol Ebermans are as obnoxious and out loud <laughs> as I am. But Well, you know, <laughs> but,
1: you know, and you you, you say that. Now, now, wait a minute. I like the way you just said that. But now, listen, when we talk about being out loud and you say, and Dr. Carol is out loud, what it means is that you're just getting to the truth, right? Well,
0: yes. I mean, I yes. say things that people um are afraid right. to speak out. And yes, it's okay yeah. if, you know, I say things that sometimes get people angry, but um I have to call things as I see them. And That's the way to do it, man. Not everybody agree with world. that. Yeah, that's right. That's
1: now, right. We need, need more, a more th- of that, that people stand sure, up for what's right.
0: To make sure that we're uh we add a little balance, if you started to do this about uh Zimmerman's not squeak, well, funny they say he had a squeaky clean record and in some ways he did because he was studying uh, law enforcement and so on right but he did have a few uh, run-ins with the law but they weren't really anything that right uh, that were um you know that got him uh that were i mean there were there were extenuating circumstances do you want to talk about that
1: yeah I mean you know again, I said to you early on that everybody has messed up somewhere, yeah. and the problem is when something like this happens, it can really come back to haunt you because it will be blown out of context almost every time, just like you know how many seventeen year olds that you know have experimented with some sort of drugs or some sort of marijuana
0: right
1: it's huge i mean right. I'm sure the number's probably not a hundred percent, but I bet you it's in the nineties, you know. And if I'm just going to guess at that, so that doesn't make him a criminal, does it? Right, right. But right away, see, we now early on in the conversation here, you you had laid out the point that, well, you know, he, there is a past for the young man. He was, uh, you know, on uh, leave, and there was some drugs involved and marijuana. But well, again, right away. Now, wait a minute. Now, right away, many listeners will think and say. Oh, this cat was a bad guy. Okay. So you know what? He's guilty. See we we, we Right, we, right. You know, you know where I'm going. You're a well, I'm just,
0: I mean, you're guilty by incrimination, yeah? It, wait, this did happen a month ago, as you brought up, over a month ago now.
1: Five to six weeks now.
0: What?
1: It's five to six weeks now. Yeah. Right.
0: And um so if they had done a uh, toxicology test when he he when there was an autopsy Right. Um the results should be back already now, this may be something that they're keeping quiet because um because that wouldn't be very popular according to public opinion right now or right. Uh, or maybe they never did it.
1: Well, I'm sure they did uh but we're, we're, again, a lot of that is going to be evidence for the trial, not for the newspapers and the radio and television. you understand? Um, and, um, so I think a lot of that evidence, uh, I'm sure they, listen, Dr. Carroll, I am sure there's a lot more known about this case than we know yes. by any measure at this moment of yes. time. Okay. Yes. And. And I'm sure the characters that are closest to the case could also not only tell us a lot more, but they probably have a sense of themselves who they've drawn the wrong conclusions as to who is guilty or not. But again, this is what we have juries for. This is what we have a a, a court of law for. and, And this is where this thing should be. I think again the most upsetting thing to me is when I hear the tapes of the people that are uh uh just in the the the, the racial violence yes. and it's it just it's so difficult. On every level that we give these people, uh, these uh, these Al Shoptons, that to me is the story. The Jesse, that's the story. These people that, and they're using bad judgment. On top of bad judgment, that's already happened. That's made this case such a despicable yeah. deal. And his parents, uh, who can judge that at this point? I mean, unless you've lost one, you don't know how to. I don't know. I've never lost a child. Uh, you you haven't lost one either. Maybe.
0: No, I haven't.
1: It's hard for us to judge. You know you deal with people all the time as a psychiatrist, and you know how to deal with that. But the point is we, we go through these things in life and these exper- these experiences, and it's it's easy for us to throw stones and judge somebody else. You know that. You deal with people all the time that, uh, that, that are in that situation. We don't really know. It's easy to incriminate the parents again for getting the trademarks and what they've done. It's questionable. But, you know, again, who knows? I mean, I say live and let live if that's what they want to do. And you know, right now they, they've unfortunately they just buried a son that I'm sure they didn't plan on burying, huh? Well, you know, um, nobody deserves to die at 17 years old. Let's say that much.
0: Well, that's true. Um, you know, it's it's. I've seen this though happen so many different times that when um, parents of, for example, parents of. Um, Teenagers or twenty year olds or however old the the right. children are people who who are involved in crimes that get to become national news um, all of a sudden the par and when they where their child didn 't die you know mm-hmm. um, but all but their tri- their child is on trial all of a sudden they, they it changes them and instead of being there for their son, I saw this um in the uh, in the Jenny Jones talk show murder trial, I was the expert witness, the defense psychiatrist for Jonathan Schmitz, who killed um, uh, Scott Amador three days after the Jenny Jones – do you know the sh- what I'm talking about? The- this was, Yes. Uh, this is yep. where Jenny Jones invited him uh, – well, her producers invited him on the show, John – and did not tell him that the real name of the show was Same-Sex Secret Crush. They just said it was Secret Crush, and he thought it was his fiancée who had broken up with him, and he was hoping it was her. Anyway, um, and of course then he was, you know, blindsided by finding out that it was this guy, Scott, who had actually tried to approach him before, and he said, I'll be your friend, but I'm not into that. So anyway, it wasn't as, although the media made it out to be a gay hate crime, it had nothing to do with that, and I won't go into the whole long story, but, my point in bringing it up is that um, I was there, of course, I testified at the trial, and before that I was there for a long time doing an evaluation of John and so on and um, What I saw was when the parents had a choice between being there for John after the verdict, um, which turned out it was second degree instead of first degree, because I was able to show that um, he had diminished capacity, but it was still pretty, it was still pretty bad and um and instead of being with John that night at the jail visiting him they were on Larry King so i have seen this happen time and time again where parents um get i mean just like you know just like so many people actually these days just like reality television where where parents get so caught up in the opportunity to be national, national figures that whatever is going on, whether their son is killed or, or, or is in, on trial or whatever, Larry King or, you know, Pierce uh, Morgan or whoever the person is, tops being there for their child.
1: It's about sensational, it's, it's just sensationalized. That's what, that's what the media does well. I mean, listen, there's no story if you can't sensationalize it. There's no story if the facts are all fairly basic if this is just another crime over in Sanford Florida and 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 uh, you know the facts are very straightforward and clear then there's really no story there's not much for us to talk about people die every day from horrific situations right. from crimes and murders and abstinence and all kinds of things when you can spin the facts and make it edgy and make it into a story now nah, you've got something so we can call this guy a white Hispanic and okay well uh, maybe some people will buy into that and he's shooting an African American with a hoodie on. Oh boy, mm-hmm. and he's suspicious and he's on drugs. Oh boy, and the parents just oh man, now we got something, let's do it, right? But, well, and that's what happens in this country, Dr. Carroll.
0: Yeah, and and you know, no all- I haven't heard anyone speaking up. For um, the poss, and we'll have to continue this after the break. But speaking about the possibility, uh, we know that Zimmerman has had to go into hiding; otherwise, he'd be lynched. That's essentially what we have here—a right. lynch mar- right. mar- mob looking for him. Um, but no one has thought about or talked about the possibility that he's going to commit suicide because of all of this happening. That could
1: be. And the Black Panthers came to put a bounty on exactly, his head.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, we need to take a break. My guest is Malcolm Out Loud. He's a news. And political commentator, I'll give you his website and so on. Before these, during the next segment, the last segment, uh, we will be back. We're talking about this flashpoint: Trayvon Martin's death triggers emotional chaos. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.
1: Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah!
2: Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman.
0: Dr. Carol's Couch, I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, with my guest today, Malcolm Outloud. He is a news and political commentator and an author. And we're talking about this flashpoint, Trayvon Martin's death triggers emotional chaos. And actually, um, this emotional chaos, really, and I was saying at the beginning of the show, you know, are we, what is this case about, race, gun control, injustice, uh, 15 minutes of fame? I think we've talked about all of those issues. And then the underlying question, are we just at the boiling point, which I think, you know, is really um, a major issue that we need to be facing and that we're going to talk about now, because I've been noticing it, and I'm sure all of you out there, if you think about it, um, what about when something comes up where something about the election comes up? Do you find that your friends um suddenly who disagree with whichever candidate you're for, your friends who disagree with you are suddenly um much more aggressive about disagreeing than they ever were in the past? I mean, of course, there've been always been well, essentially two parties and yes, it gets uh, you know, people root for <laughs> whichever party they're they they believe in, but it has never been as bad in my memory as it is now. Uh, Malcolm, what do you think?
1: Well, uh, you know, I speak about this every day, Dr. Carroll. Um, you know, I, I have the privilege to to speak on radio and television every day throughout our great country. And I'll tell you that uh, it, it is very interesting times. Um, and you can bring this back all the way to 2008 on the election of uh, Barack Obama. Um, the country was very prideful to have the first African-American uh, take the office um, and but you know he, he was a man who was uh, taken the office, who promised to unify Washington. This was a man who was going to unite the Republicans and Democrats in fact. This was his biggest promise was to take the gridlock out of Washington, open up the conversation, sit down at the table, and really unify our politics, bring our political leaders together this was uh, This was the hope the message and the change that was promised coming in 2008. It has been such a disappointment to so many around the country that have now seen that he has taken us further further away from that goal than when he came into office. He He's not only not done what he said he was going to do, but he has further divided us. So we now have two political uh, gangs, if you will. I, I don't know that there's any... Thing party atmosphere about these two groups, quite frankly, Doctor Carroll. They really are bullies, uh, the Republicans and the Democrats, quite frankly. And I think you've got the polarization that uh, we could never have thought. Nothing, it's complete gridlock. Nothing is being done. So the distractions in our country right now, what is taking place? This is why a case like the Trayvon Martin case completely can. Uh, uh, you know, grab the spotlight as much because this country is as divided and polarized as we could ever be. And you can go all the way and thank our political leaders in Washington for that, which is why uh, Americans, I think, are suffering so much right now when you see the games that are being played, the billions of dollars that are being wasted, and the uh, uh, hypocrisy that we're, we're seeing all over the place. It's a tragedy what we're going through right now. And the 2012 election needs to be a game changer. Uh, Unfortunately, we're going to be left with uh, candidates we probably don't want. Well, um... I mean, Romney and Obama, it'll be dumb and dumber, you understand?
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know that I'm going to agree with that.
1: Uh, You don't have to, but I'll hold my ground on it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, to be honest, I I would vote for anyone, well, maybe not anyone, but I, I... I will be voting for whatever the republican whoever the Republican candidate is, because even though I may not agree one hundred percent and would have right. wanted one of the other candidates, um, still it will be better than obama but you know the thing is we are not there are so many problems in this country we are not happy campers, and yes, a lot of it has to do with the gridlock in washington but but even before that, I mean, if, if we were all, if people had jobs, if, they, you know, if the job situation was better, if the economy was better, if there wasn't um, as much of a threat regarding terrorism as there is. Well, there are a lot of
1: ifs there. There are a lot of ifs there. But, you know, I just talked this morning, and, and, and one of our national blogs as well, and we were on radio on this, is that, you know, when you talk about jobs, you just mentioned jobs, Dr. Carroll. One of the biggest problems is unemployment, right. not just here in the States, but you know, unemployment has just, uh, went up again in Europe. Mm-hmm. Europe is a- at the point of collapse, which is going to further pull down the states. Right. China is also at the point of collapse economically. Uh, we're talking about a global calamity here. I've sat down with, with world economist on our show, Malcolm Alau TV, and I'll tell you right now, um, there are some problems ahead, and, and some of those problems are going to uh, uh, they happen before the 2012 election. But you can go, if you want to talk about jobs and where we're at right now, we have a corporate tax rate in this country that is the highest in the world. We are pushing companies out to, you know, we used to give companies hell all the time for putting sending their jobs overseas. They're really just being good business people if you want to bring it down to that. Because we taxed the hell out of them, and this current administration wants to tax them further. We have got to cut the corporate tax. Congress has got to move. The world economy and all of the countries, let me tell you what, they've all dropped those tax rates down. We're 15% higher than the average of the OECD. Well, I, I,
0: I, yes, I, I certainly. I mean, the taxing has gotten totally out of control. I don't really agree. I, you know, it's it's disappointing. For example, to me that Apple this is one example of a company because there are right. countless others. Right. Um, but you know, this is a popular company, and and right. they give all, so many jobs out of the country. And yes, you can understand. I talk about it all the time. You, what?
1: Talk about it all the time. I and, used to think Apple held. And, you can understand hell and still why? Do.
0: Because of the tax, you, you know, what the tax is. Well, the point on the is, other listen, hand, two hand, there to be, be two ways to look at it.
1: Well, hold on. There's two ways to look at this. Let's look at both sides for a minute, okay? On the first side, Apple. They certainly have enough money to hire here at home, yeah. I and mean, this is the largest company in the world and the most successful company, and so money is not an issue. They're building a grand campus out there in California. They've got grand mo- Understand, they've worked it. It's capitalism. They. I, I don't begrudge that. Got it. However, I, I did throw around the point of, well, you know, they have enough money. They could just hire here at home and not hire over in China and Pakistan right. and so on and so forth. However... You know, their job and, 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 and their, their executive team is to drive profits to the shareholders. That is the number one job of a company such as Apple and any other company out there. If you think, I mean, that's a fact. And so they're doing their job very well by driving those profits. To
0: to make it be not profitable to have it be in other
1: countries. I mean, yes, I understand. The problem is our governments. They've made it highly unprofitable for God's sakes. I mean, you, you. This is just. I mean, I, listen. I, I, I've, I've, I've turned the corner on this thing, okay? I mean, I, I can't give Apple hell. Yeah, I think it stinks. In fact, it sucks. You know, the fact that they they are sending all those jobs overseas. But when you look at the way we penalize our company, our, our companies here in the states, and the, with the tax rates that we hit them on. Why do you think so much money is overseas, and how much money won't come back here to the states? Well, the system, Our government is hell bent not fixing that
0: the system, yes, it certainly needs to be fixed, I must say at least <laughs> at least Romney seems to be able to uh you know work excel in fixing things like that, fixing things regarding... Well, maybe.
1: Maybe there are two problems with Mitt Romney, okay? And and, and and they really are. I mean, you know, his whole thing of being capital became a big fiasco. And, again, he understands ca- uh, a capitalistic society. He ran it very, very well. You know, it right. all became a contest when Gingrich and him were going at it nose-to-nose nose about all the jobs he created and all the good things he did. Right. He was upset because being capital was part of the conversation. Well, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what. Uh, When you make something part of the campaign message, as Mitt Romney did, such as his background of Adam Jobs and what he did with Bain Capital, it became part of the campaign message. The problem with Mitt Romney is, how does the GOP make the repeal of Obamacare and the knocking down of that law their number one initiative? for overtaken the democrats in twenty twelve and how do they now make the poster child for the individual mandate which is supposedly unconstitutional according to twenty six attorney generals and and the Business Federation, Mm. how did they do that and elect the poster child for the GOP, the nominee, to be the man of the architect of the individual mandate? Can you explain that to me?
0: Well, I know, I know, but he has, I mean, you know, apparently he's seen he's seen the, uh, of his ways. I mean, the point is, I know, but after he's, I don't think that he would go back... When he has all these people, I mean, he's said this so many times. I mean, not to say that politicians don't change what they do once they get elected, but I don't think that now he would he would be able to go back on his statement that he plans to repeal Obamacare because I don't think. I mean, one it's not thing even about
1: that. The point. It's not. It's, it's the principal point is he said he. He he would not change what he did in Massachusetts. He loved what he did in Massachusetts. The health cost uh, the health cost in Massachusetts escalated through the roof. Uh, They're struggling out there, but he's proud of it. Okay, super. It's okay to put the individual mandate there, and, and that's not unconstitutional, got it, but it is to do it on the federal level. Okay, it I mean, nobody,
0: nobody is perfect, but we certainly want to repeal, or at least I do, want to repeal Obamacare, but but, but let's go back to what we were starting to talk about, which is this, this incredible unrest. I mean, I have patients coming into my office and telling me every week with different stories about how, for example, one woman... Um, had friends, girlfriends, who she hadn't seen in a long time, and she had sort of a reunion with them, and they were having a wonderful day, lots of fun. It was so great to be back in touch, and they were laughing and all of that, until, one, until you know, when they were having dinner, um, somebody, somehow it came out that she was for Obama. And these women who had been laughing with her and who had known her for years, and they were all just so happy to be together again, just jumped on her. And 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 was were so brutal. I mean, I don't mean physically, but they were just so mean. It was like it was like um, something clicked, something switched, and and all of a sudden they were just merciless. And very this is the kind very of personal. thing that I'm talking about that has been happening where people are us I mean, it's great to be involved and to have, you know, to have opinions about all these things, but when it comes to, to really being cruel to one another to try to get your opinion across, that's where things have to stop.
1: Well, Americans take their politics very personally, let's put it that way. You know, you don't have to worry. Listen, my program is this. I go after both parties. Uh, You would call me a muckraker. I just want the truth, and I want it done right, and I want people to do what they say they're going to do. I, for one, am fed up and tired of these candidates on every level promising the moon and yeah. delivering absolutely nothing back. And every so many of them are guilty of it. It's terrible. Yeah. And you know, one of the the only reason we ended up with a... Let me say this to you and think about this. The only reason we ended up with a junior senator with no experience, no executive experience whatsoever, as the president of the United States, which is what's the longest shot, you might as well have played the lottery and banked the money on that because you'd have had a better chance winning. And yet this happened. The only reason... We have this happen today is because of the previous administration and the job that not only that President George W. Bush did where he, he was not conservative. The Republicans set themselves up for failure. That is the only way we ended up getting a madman like a Barack Obama into office period. And this man is so unhealthy for our country, no question about it. And everybody is saying, anybody but Obama, anybody, but you uh-huh. know what, Dr. Carroll? He may very well be your president for another four years. Really? The Republicans have done that bad of a job. you well, not count on it that he's out.
0: <laughs> well, let's not give up hope. Um, but it's just that, you know, I think that the main, we can't lose sight of the fact that. Um, yes, there are problems in our country, and yes, we certainly have to be strongly united. To there are greater problems outside our country that are threatening our country. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, notably terrorism, and of course the economy, the global economy, what you were starting to talk about. Um, but you know, it doesn't help on the whole. What what is best for America as a whole? is yes of course trying to get the best person in as the president but not to lose um our strength our sleep our jobs our friends our everything else in the process i mean it, well, i think i, I would recommend to anybody listening that if you um you know you should first of all find out all the facts we've just touched today on some on some examples but certainly there's so much more to, to become familiar with certainly before november and um <laughs> you can or even by now to, to keep, to become, uh, knowledgeable about things. And you can certainly join, become active in your political party, whoever, your candidate, whoever you want to win, go for it. But again, remember not to step on other people's toes to the point of making our country less productive, um, well, as it, less productive make- as individuals and then as a, as a country right. in the process. Right. Oh, well, but it makes our uh,
1: country unique, obviously. Everybody has a diverse opinion, right?
0: Yes. All right. Now, give out your give out your your website, please, so that people can it's find crazy. out more. Our,
1: our nationally syndicated news magazine is heard around the world at MalcolmOutloud.tv. TV. Uh, you'll you'll get uh, you'll see every we have top guests with the presidential candidates on there, senators. You'll see politicians, business leaders on our news magazine. I also am the host of the Out Loud Minute, heard by twenty million people every day. Uh, around the uh, country on radio everywhere, uh, Doctor Carroll, and you'll catch our two blogs. It's time to get out loud and uh, brink thinking. A lot more to talk about ahead.
0: Okay, so again, that was Malcolm Out t- dot TV. Malcolm M A L C O L M Out Loud dot Well,
1: yeah, thank it's you very <laughs> Just like Malcolm M A L C O L M, and you can also connect up with us on Facebook or Twitter, uh, any of the social media. Malcolm Outloud is the handle. And, uh, if, if you want to email, you can email the truth at speakup. Speakup at malcolmoutloud.com or Dr. Carol, you'll love this. Shut up at malcolmoutloud.com. It's <laughs> also an effective email address. Maybe
0: I should add that to my... Well, so thank you. You. you certainly live up, up, up to your, your name, to talk Malcolm out Loud. Thank you for joining me on, on Dr. Carol's couch. Thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's couch and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman.